Also, so I was at Sarah's parents' house, uh, like, last week, trying to get some stuff for our costumes. And I saw this in her closet. Ha! 1990 awesome. AL Champs uh, Oakland A's hat. Well, look at that logo. It's so yeah. cool. I was like, uh, can I have that? <laughs> She's like, sure. Yeah. And it's autographed inside. What? Now, That's awesome. By Sarah Dresser. <laughs> um, anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. That's really cool. I wore it last night, just even though I have a Cubs hat, I wore the Cubs hat too often lately. I hear you. Time to mix it up. I wore a blue t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, uh, God, that was great. Oh, my God, so cool. Anyway. <clears throat> okay, well, I'm ready to start whenever you are. Sounds good. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Houston. What's up, everyone? Hope you made it hey. past Halloween. Yeah, well, we saw some of your fantastic costumes on Facebook. Uh, I awesome. think there was a wood witch, there was a pig man. Um, I heard reports of a twisty, or, uh, people dressing as twisty this Halloween, but I don't think that I actually saw any, uh, at least not on our Facebook page. Right. Um, that one's a little bit more in-depth. You'd have to go out of your way to dress like that. There's plenty of David S. Pumpkins, though. That seems to be the popular I costume this year. effing love David S. Pumpkins. Tom Hanks is an American jewel. Oh, he's fantastic. I There's... love it. It's so funny. Any questions? Oh, Hysterical. Part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, we're recording in the afternoon today uh, because last night we both stayed up late to watch an epic uh, end of, of the World Series. So neither of us is really drinking much of anything. I've got some water over here somewhere. I have coffee um, with a little hazelnut creamer. Oh, that sounds lovely. I need to make my afternoon coffee sometime soon. Um, of course, we are happy to be here discussing with you guys Chapter 8. I can't believe after this we only have two episodes left. I know. Um, it's so good this season. But, man, stuff's coming to a close really quickly. Uh, before we begin, I want to keep encouraging everybody to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com. It's just this American Horror Story. Uh, as it's been all season, the conversation is great. We're getting all sorts of wonderful theories. People are conversing with each other, throwing stuff out there. It's been awesome. Also, you can always hit us up at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. And we do implore you to check us out on iTunes. We really appreciate it when you give us ratings and reviews. Preferably good ones, but hey, be honest. Um, with that, though, I really want to dig into chapter Eight. Uh, let's start kind of with the Dominic and Shelby storyline, because that's where we left off last time, and that's kind of where we pick up here. And really, it's not that long. No, it's pretty quick. Former I think there's lovers. a few, yeah, a few key things to say here. Um, Dominic is so vain, but really, <laughs> so is Audrey. Is is something I, th I think is interesting. Like both of them, when they're like in their desperation for. You know, um, the fact that they're going to die. They're, they're both lamenting the fact that they aren't able to, like, win any more awards and do have more amazing roles or, like, be... Exactly. Dominic can't be in his spinoff and stuff. I found it um, with Audrey to be kind of endearing and, like, hilarious. And with uh, Dominic, I found it annoying. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think it was kind of supposed to feel that way, right. considering the two different characters' kind of trajectories. And, you know, of course... The irony, I guess, of this whole segment with Dominic, his whole trajectory in this episode, is that he ends up, like, he wanted to be the villain, and he ends up dying because he wanted to be the villain, mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, I loved the found footage feel of all this stuff uh, throughout this episode. With all, they really did a lot with the phone cameras. I felt like this time with also with Dominic's body camera. Right. Um, so it had more of that rough feel to it. Also, did you notice like the flickering static kind of feel between scenes? I think that was supposed to be coming from the Polk's cameras, like their old-fashioned kind of cameras. Ah, yes. That but I definitely, sense. it felt like it gave, definitely gave it like a VHS or a paranormal activity type feel to it, which I think some someone later at one point even straight up says, like, this feels like paranormal activity. Right. Um, this, I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the Shelby storyline took a big t- like turn from where i thought her storyline was gonna go this season so totally here we are with no more first time right first thing i wanted to ask you was so they try to escape through that tunnel downstairs and the chens come after them right um i i, I want to just comment that i love i it reiterated this last or i said this last episode reiterating it now how much i just love how much creepier the chens and um, <clears throat> the nurses are than they were in the like fake reproduction. Although Pigman's the only one that's like pretty much seems like exactly the same. Um, where is Edward Mott? Why why that's, was he not in the tunnel? Are they saving him? Is he going to show up in episode well, nine or ten? Shelby says when they go through the tunnel, Shelby's like uh, Edward Mott will be here. Or he'll help us or something like that. And right. I think they're looking for him, but before they can actually get to him or find him the Chen show up. So I, I think he's still there because Lee and was it? Yeah, it was Lee Monet and Audrey saw him when they went into the tunnel and shot at him. <laughs> yeah. But he's there. So I think we just don't see do him. Do you think we're going to see him in at nine or 10 or is he just kind of a write off for the rest of the season? I don't know. And that's kind of one of my critiques, disappointments of this episode is we spend too much time with the Polks and like what, ha- like we have so many other amazing ghosts and, and demons or whatever they are. I, I wanted to see more of the butcher. Um, yeah, we got that great glimpse She's of her. Scary. La- yeah, she was really scary, and we didn't get like other than like a peek out the window. We didn't really get any of her. Uh, you know, obviously Matt and Shelby kind of run up and down all over the house, and um, they get surrounded by all these different demons. And the chandelier falls on Shelby's leg, which is interesting because didn't Shelby also hurt her leg the first time they were in the house? Um, I think one of the pokes broke her leg or something, so she wouldn't run away. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I think Mama Polk took a uh, a sledgehammer to her ankle. Yeah. So kind of interesting that it's it happened like a second, you know, yeah. history repeating it's, itself. And maybe, I was kind of thinking maybe this is kind of what leads to Shelby's ultimate despair. Um, t- tell me about the scene in which her and Dominic are talking, and then she kind of does the deed and, and whether or not that surprised you or you know well i can't remember all the details of exactly what she was saying but she clearly like was sliding into remorse for killing um matt, matt. and seeing that a she can't salvage that part of her life anymore and that was her whole purpose for coming to uh back to the roanoke house and without that um you know that was that that was enough for her i mean can you remember what else she said that was hitting her hard i think yeah i mean i think it was totally you know she said she killed the only man she ever loved mm-hmm. um and uh, that's obviously a pretty horrifying truth to kind of come come to terms with and i think that you know between probably her having like her leg broken like last time she just realized the absolute despair she had nothing left not only did she have nothing left she was personally responsible for not having anything left right and so i think that she lost all hope and god yeah that was a shocker when she brutal Slit her own throat open there, and Ugh. you know we had all predicted that she was going to be the one who lasted. So right. I think it's 
pretty, I mean, a good they twist. But she, yeah, they got us. I, I, up until last night, she was still the one leading in our who's going to survive poll, although I do think that um, Lee had made some significant strides mm-hmm. since then. Now, of course, back on the Polk farm, we get to meet Jether Polk. Finn um, Wittrock Polk. <laughs> right. What did you think of uh, his makeup and his acting? It was almost a little over the top. The acting was okay. I thought that was fine. But the, 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 the get up, I mean, they're, they're clearly trying to do, as we've mentioned before, like Hills of the Eyes, Cannibal Family, Inbred Family um, uh-huh. type of a look. So that plays into it but it almost looks comical <laughs> to me uh but it he was a, he was an interesting character and we got to kind of get to know him briefly in this episode um through his inter- interaction with lee what did you think about it him i, I thought that he did i thought that Finn, uh, Finn Wittrock did a pretty good job i think that you're right that it's hard not you know i think that mama polk pulls off being scary pretty well but you know at the same time he, oh you're right all these pokes they're creepy, but they're a little bit comical almost in their um, parody. I would think yeah. of, of like this these type of people. Um, they're twisted, but they're not exactly scary. Yeah, um, and him is you know you, you're meant to eventually feel sorry for Jether, which you you kind of do, and I think that he pulls that off. But it's it's an interesting well, plot line. <clears throat> um, yeah, he's the what bottom did you of think? the barrel in the family. He's right? yeah. Right. A couple things to note, obviously, they all have biblical names um, in the family. There's like Cain and Lot and, all, and Ishmael and all this stuff. And um, they call themselves the first family. Uh, and then we kind of hear their background Origin. story, which, is, I mean, it basically amounts to when, you know, they decided to start eating people when they were starving, and now they eat people and they'll never be weak again. But they also have kind of some like weird, funky religious beliefs, which we learn later with the whole teeth thing. Right, and the original Piggy Man was their, like, forefather. Yeah, uh, I think his name was King Cade Polk. Mm -hmm. And he was at the 1893 World's Fair, um, which is where he carved people, which is interesting because that's the topic, you know, that's where that Dr. H.H. Holmes, who was the famous serial killer, would, um, he owned, like, this hotel where he would have women come stay, and then he would, like, there were secret passages where he would basically, like, take them into his basement and torture them and kill them and burn them. So I, it almost made me wonder. I was kind of thinking to myself when that happened. I was like, "Huh, that would be an interesting American horror story if they like did his story in 1893 Chicago." And it made me think, you know, who knows? Maybe they were hinting at that being something coming up. Ooh, um, sure, that could be cool. That could be cool. But yeah, it was. I don't know. This is just a weird ass family. For Christmas, they get a pickled ear. <laughs> like. Um, and it was also, you know, they kind of followed the same torture porny kind of stuff. As they continued to carve up her leg, that was still gross. But I thought it was even the stuff with the teeth was the stuff that really gave, gave me chills. That was nasty. Yeah. Um, I, ugh. Yeah. I didn't like it. Another another thing that was pretty brutal, but it was interesting, was when they were talking about how the reason they don't just kill the human they're eating, but they keep him alive, is back from when they didn't have, you know ice you know refrigerators to keep the meat frozen or cold and so in order to keep it from going rotten they basically had to keep it alive and just like learn how to carve it to keep it alive which was pretty yeah i mean and then pretty nasty he throws in that line where he says also uh fear or what or stress or whatever makes it taste better (laughs) i rolled my eyes at that comment 
Yeah, yeah, that was like, all right, one too far. That was kind of annoying because they like had this cool story for it, and then it was like, also, it just tastes better. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you about so the whole sequence with Lee Mm, and I think he froze for a second. um, Jethro, Jethro, I forget. Nope, you're back now. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Yes. Okay. What was the last thing you said? I'm sorry. I was going to say, I, so I have a question for you based on the interaction between Lee and, uh, is it Jethro or Jether, Jetho? I think it's Jether, J-E-T-H-E-R. Okay. Between them, th- that was kind of a fun little dance uh, conversation sequence of each like playing their side on, you know, obviously Lee is trying multiple strategies to try to get free. One of them being trying to relate to his uh, to the his lack of the maternal care. Um, I mean, that's exactly why she says, "Hey, can you pull out my um, picture of Flora and record a message for her, uh, seeing that you know she's maternal and maybe he will you know relate to that in in the sense that he's missing a mother and he'll feel bad about that and let her free." Didn't work, <laughs> but that was one strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she started using the. Uh, the, the fame, the fame, like oh. I'll be, you know, I can make you yeah. famous, blah, blah, blah. If that's what he wanted, that didn't work. But then ultimately, yeah, like he got a little bit of a boner for her and the sex uh, uh, worked for him. And I was, I want to ask you why, why that one worked. Cause he had, he clearly has a sex complex cause he doesn't get to have sex with his mom. Like, like the others do. He clearly doesn't feel connected to his mom because he doesn't get that care. Um, and he does record and wants to be known. So why was it sex out of all those three strategies that worked? I don't know that it was, I, you know, I'm not sure that it was this like sex itself that was really appealing as much as maybe the feeling of intimacy of like having, you know, being close to somebody because you're right. I think you make a good point about him clearly noticing he has that distance that his other siblings don't have. Right. Um, and also, his mom makes a point at the beginning of the scene, like, oh, are you going to jerk off to that later, or something like that. And so, like, clearly he has some lingering issues with that. Uh, so I think maybe that was some foreshadowing. Right. But I think you make a great point that the kind of um, dance that they do in terms of this was, was very well written mm-hmm. in this particular episode. Um, and I wrote down the name of the episode writer at the end of my uh, notes here. But I, you know, especially because it really fit in probably the big shocker, which is that Lee did kill Mason. Lee killed Mason. Which we had had some questions about that going forward, and I I don't remember where we landed on whether or not she was actually the one who did it. Um, I think maybe we said we didn't think she really did it, so it was kind of a surprise. At least it was to me. It was Um, to me, but when it landed, I kind of liked it. I was like, okay, good, you're much more complex than I thought. And it makes for an interesting plot twist now because at the end, obviously, Lee wants to go back to get the tape that she left right. when she recorded that. And I um, feel was there? Oh, I was gonna say, oh, Adina go Porter, who's playing Lee. I think this has been the episode that she completely shown. Like she was great. I think she's a oh, great yeah. actress. And now I oh, see she why she because when she was the talking head, it was like, okay, you're fine. But now this this whole episode, wow, she was great. Which makes more sense when you learn the background that she like was guarded because people were blaming her for Matt's death and all this, right. or for Mason's death and all this stuff, and she was being kind of you know defensive about it. And I so would, now, yeah. it, you know, she did a great job of playing both those sides. I think. Um, 
Now, why do you think that she did that confession? Did she really want Flora to see it if she died? Or was it a strategy to try to evoke something from Jether? Because then they end up talking about, you know, her being his first victim and breaking his cherry and stuff like that. Was she, like, trying to show that she was, like, kind of a tough badass and maybe intimidate him somehow? Initially, I kind of thought that it was just a strategy to, you know, get out of the situation with um, with Jether. And along those lines... You know, the whole Flora thing, maybe there's a little bit of her that wanted to leave a note, a video or something like that, but I, you know, she's a cop, she, former cop, she has this strategy and knows how to, you know, try to work angles and people to get the information that she needs. So this, to me, it seemed odd that she would, if anything, maybe it sounded, it seemed like she was trying to relate to Jether as like, hey, I kill people too. But I think now that you've mentioned it, there might be a, a shred of, of confession uh, in there about you know her wanting to actually tell the truth maybe i don't know she's been trying to redeem herself this whole for the whole trip and now she just confesses maybe yeah. she thought she really mm-hmm. was going to die yeah but then why would you confess any like if everyone already thinks you did it anyway and you've been saying you didn't do it i don't know so that's why i think it's a strategy maybe well, yeah, if her last word to a daughter is essentially, like, damaging her daughter's memory of her, yeah. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I think it must have had something to do with trying to have an influence on Jether. Right. Um, next question, is Jether dead? I mean, she chokes him out and then, like, I think she yeah, stabs him in the neck, dead. right? He's, he's gone. Yeah, so yeah he she just, chokes it, him out pretty awesome. That was great. So his kind of whole cameo is this, this scene here. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think for the purposes, certainly, of this episode and the season, I think that I don't know that I would need him any more than that. I think that it was a good, a great interaction. I, you know, he was a great character in a, and I think that they, like we've said before, they've done a very good job of, like, using their actors very carefully and not, like, trying to build a whole storyline off of, like, Jethro trying to escape his mom and becoming a good guy. He just they, has this little vignette basically dude that's 100% that this is how American Horror Story should treat like interesting characters not like a two episode arc and we never hear from them again like Mm -hmm. you know 20 minutes spent with them where we don't dig too deep into it but we have a great interaction that builds um, that builds upon our main character Lee and I know a lot more about her now and who she is and and even though maybe it comes across as a device to uh, flesh her out more as a character it felt natural in a way uh, and organic so this is how you i mean this is that section right there i think was pretty great i agree um and then of course you know as she escapes in the other room we've got the other pokes kind of badgering this is the side i didn't like (laughs) i i didn't like this as much either this felt the whole teeth thing felt way torture pointing yeah the only interesting insight was like that they have like this weird religious religion kind of beliefs that like if they wear the necklace of teeth because teeth don't burn in a fire they don't burn in a fire i thought that was kind of an interesting that was philosophy but the rest of it like when they were trying to pull the teeth out was real gross I, yeah i was I, not a fan of that whatsoever like, i'm I, it, like i was cringing and wanting to fast forward because i've seen um angela bassett and sarah paulson just writhing and screaming in torture like for too long now <laughs> it's like okay i got it and i'm not learning anything new about this here i just they're just still being crazy uh polk family yeah and then i mean audrey ends up pulling a Shelby on Ma and smashing her head to smithereens. There's a lot of head smashing. A lot of head smashing. A lot of Negan stuff going around. Yeah. The Negan um, so effect. <laughs> right, yeah, I guess so. So that was pretty brutal. Yeah. 
Um, and then, yeah, it, Monet escapes separately from them. And I thought it was funny how Monet just kind of bails on Audrey. She's like, sorry. I know. I, so does she run because Mama Polk was coming? Because I, I remember she says, like, I'll come back for you. Um, which maybe it would be, I don't know. Does she do the right thing? I don't know. I think that she was just, you know, she's concerned for her own safety. Yeah. And I think that maybe she would have, like, come back with the police or something like that. Maybe that was her plan. Right. Even though the even though we know from the scene with Lee, the police are in the Polk's pocket. But I think that, um, which explains some things from <coughs> what, the reenactment when the police were, like, really not that interested in finding the Polk's. Right. Um, <clears throat> But I think that Monet kind of just was like, uh, you and I aren't that good of friends. I'm not going to die trying to save your ass. She, I mean, she kind of even seemed like that in the house. Like, she didn't really have anyone's interest in mind that's outside of her own. And so, I, I, do you think that she, I mean, did they catch her again, do you think? I was going to ask you, know. so they didn't catch her yet. They're chasing her, and that's the last we see of her. You know, what, what do you I'm, think that's going to lead? I think that they catch her again. I think that's what we're going to find out when either Audrey or Lee or both of them end up going back to the Polk's house. They're going to find her caught again. And maybe she'll be dead. Maybe she'll be almost dead um, from having run away. I mean, you know the rest of those Polk's are going to freak the fuck out when they find out that Mom, Mama's dead. And Jethro. Well, they don't care about Jethro, but Mom, yeah. Also, <laughs> I liked this because like when it was just uh, Mama Polk and uh, Audrey, Audrey's like, I didn't do anything to your babies. That was the other Shelby. I'm an actress. <laughs> yeah, they like couldn't understand the difference between like IRL. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, Sarah Paulson was great in this episode. She's a comic relief. It was hilarious. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was intentional. Yeah, but it was it was good. Um, what did you think about the scene where they cast Dominic out into the hall where he gets killed by the? That I mean, that just spoke incredible volumes of Black Lives Matter uh, situation to me, again, which has been a theme um, uh, throughout this whole season. You know, he's saying, go get the videotapes, look at the video, you'll see I'm innocent. And they're like, nope, we're not going to look at that. And that's, isn't that just like such a parallel to the police cams and body cams and looking at the footage and realizing that some of these people are unarmed and they didn't do anything and they were uh, wrongfully killed. Uh, that's, that's like, that's the vibe I got. I, you know, I, black totally hear you. I hear you know I totally hear you yeah and um like we said before it also fits that whole irony with him having wanted to be the villain initially mm-hmm. and not there's a couple interesting quotes that I think people had or well the one in particular that I thought was interesting is when Shelby when she sees uh, or when Audrey sees Shelby's body she says I feel like part of me is dying with her and it was kind of interesting you know having played her that she felt like she lost a part of herself because she invested so much in Which, the character, I guess. of course, Audrey makes it about herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yes, and I think that's, in- that's funny. It. It's that, hilarious. Again, that it's, it's, they're so vain, yeah. Like, yeah, like, I know, um, or the, I, the part where she's like, I knew her, I know her, I played her for so long, like, there's no way she would kill herself. Yeah. Like, God. <laughs> stop it, Audrey, you're ridiculous. Oh, also, when they're back uh, in the bed, and she's, like, checking her hair, did you see that? She's, like, yeah, fixing God. her hair. I, it was mm-hmm. anyway. That was, was good. Sarah Paulson, but just yeah, amazing. <laughs> so, so we end the episode with Lee wanting to go back to the Pokes to get the footage of them killing Mama. We really know it's for her Mason confession, right? Um, but Audrey's not interested in that. And then as they exit, they find well, they're they're about to bash over Pigman over the head when basically I think we're assuming that this is the actor who played Pigman in the. Um, in the reality or in the no, I, documentary no, I think series. No, I think it's um, uh, um, Wes Bentley who played the butcher's son. Because I think he takes oh, the mask yeah. off and it's him. They're like, hey, you know, Oh, does Dylan? he? I didn't see him. Yeah. 
I thought. I'm pretty sure I didn't it's, see them it's t- him. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't catch the part where they took the mask off. Yeah. Oh, so it's so Wes Bentley's back. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was Wes Bentley. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense because I guess we didn't we didn't get any of him. Right. So we haven't seen him since the reenactment. Yeah. Inter- so where has he been? Has he just been wandering around? I his... think. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, that uh, Sydney probably like hired him to come like mess with the crew and said, "Hey, come on day two and he's oh, yeah. there to do that. And he just thinks this is all part of yeah, part of the, the thing is that everyone's dead. Jeez. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So right. another body um, to kill, question, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So questions like to happen now. So first of all, what do you think is kind of going to happen next? I didn't get the preview for next week. I watched it on my app. Hang on, just a sec. Sorry. That's okay. My audio recording just stopped on. Uh... Anyway, uh, we're going to go back to the Polks because we have to get back to the Polks. So we'll see the remaining ones of them. We'll s- I'm assuming we'll see what happens with Monet. Um, there's going to be more with Mason, I think, because we saw Mason dead that Mason's one time. Mason's around. I think there's going to be certainly a reckoning with him and Lee. I Absolutely. Think and there. because of that, it makes me think that maybe Lee won't make it out. <laughs> maybe, maybe Audrey's going to be the one that makes it out. I think that's a great... Um... I think that's a good theory. And I think it's interesting. So, well, hold on. So um, this is moving into kind of our, our theories for the rest of the season. But mm-hmm. I want to, I think this is a good time to do it. Um, there is a good theory that we were sent on Facebook from um, Stephen that was basically saying his, you know, we had heard, we've heard now that there's going to be retur- the return of Lana from right. uh, Asylum. Mm-hmm. She's Sarah Paulson's character. She's somehow going to be involved, which makes you think Audrey's not going to be the survivor. Mm-hmm. Because if we only have two episodes left, how's she going to do both if Audrey's still alive? So you th- you, we think we'll probably see her in episode 10. Um, Steven's theory, and I think this is a really solid one, is that the final episode is going to take place in the courtroom, and it's going to be Lee as the survivor on death row. Um, and Lana's going to somehow be involved in either exonerating her or condemning her one way or another. Um, which I think, what if, in, I don't remember if he said this exactly, but it got me thinking about this. What if all this we're seeing, like this, all this hidden camera, fo- or all this f- footage that they never aired before, is courtroom footage that they're showing to, like, oh, basically like, impl- implicate Lee in the murder. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, that that's interesting. Oh, that's like another like level removed. That'd be pretty. So crazy. it'd be so it'd be like an un- yeah. So we would like you know in episode ten it like wraps up this and then it's like it pauses. So or like this like isn't that, happening know? live. Obviously, it's found footage, but like there's going to be another step removed where we're watching this footage in the courtroom. Wow, that's 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 crazy. To so many layers. <laughs> I think that and I think that was a great theory because I think that theory. that is that would be really cool. The one wrench I will throw in that is and maybe not that or the, the fact that audrey might survive and i did not realize this until like i've seen this uh, in a number of places now but sarah paulson's character always survives every season of american horror story that's true every single one of her characters has survived so that's true unless they want to pull a fast well, one and say lana is going to be the survivor of this one audrey probably has a good shot yeah that's true Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, but that I, that court thing that sounds pretty awesome. I I would be very uh, impressed. That would be a cool twist. This season, um, just I'm so happy with it. 
I am especially since the turn. I think that they played that really well. Mm-hmm. I appreciate like all the unceremonious dying of our main characters. How it just like yes. happens very quickly and they move on. And it's not like a super dramatic thing they're and they're just gone. Yeah, that's been a, a like we talk about stakes all the time, and the stakes have been so much better. Yep. Um, who is Taisa Formiga going to be? Any guesses? <sighs> I mean, I, I don't think we're done with the Wood Witch, so I'm assuming the Wood Witch, because she gets referenced. I think you're right. I think we still need right. to see the Wood Witch. And I, I really do think that we need to see Edward Mott somehow. Yeah. It'd be weird if he doesn't show up again. Yeah, he's a and, and the Butcher. I mean, we, yeah, we need to see those people, because they were such big, uh, important figures in the, first, in the front half of the season that yeah. there's no way that we won't see them. We won't not see them again. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past the the season episode nine ending with Lee killing Audrey or Monet because one of them saw the camera of her confession about Ooh. Mason. Oh damn, it's getting dark. But that man, that, yeah, that's that's a good twist ending. Not really a twist ending, but a a, a diversion of a, of where you would uh, the happy place that you want this to possibly end. I don't That's think good. it was ending in a happy place. Yeah, yeah not we should write all but one time. <laughs> uh, we'll see where it goes, but I've got high hopes. So I guess, you know, with all this we've talked about, what kind of rating would you give it? Well, um, we've talked about this. I agree that we spent too much time with the Polks. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that they were going to be this important. Um, that Prominent. being said, the side with Lee and um, Jether, I appreciated that. I think that was great. Yeah. It, it advanced the story, made me understand Lee a lot more. The tortured tooth porn stuff on the other side, I did. I just, you know, I, I got it after the first time when they made them try to eat, you know, the Lee's leg and blah blah blah. It just that was that was too much, and it was a lot of mama po posturing and just doing her thing. Um, so I I liked half of it a lot, and I didn't like the other half of it as much. Um, I think Adina Porter is fantastic. I really liked her a lot. Sarah Paulson killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's really interesting that again how Dominic died and how relevant and current that is to the to um the news cycle right now but still being subtle and which is subtle something we said before yeah, like, they have mm-hmm. you know I couldn't not think like a black man saying like look at the video and they're like no uh, well, interesting that he. Well, interesting that he had a body cam too. I think exactly. That I I think we had someone on our someone on our Facebook page or face, sent a Facebook message pointing that out too. Yeah. Um, like the relevance of that as well. Right. Um. Anyway, I I would give it a. a now I'm not talking about. It, I kind of want to give it a higher rating. I'm going to give it a four point two five. Mm, we're going to quarters here. Nice. Yes. I liked um, it, but you know it could have been a four and a half had we had a different half of the Polks that we dealt with. I was going to give it a four, but I think I liked this sequence with Lee too much that I got to bump it up a little bit. What about you? I think I am going to give it four separate pickheads. Four. Um, and I think that that's just because I liked the last episode so much. I think that yeah. it needs a little bit of distance between this episode and last episode, although this was very good too. This season has been really strong. I appreciate, you know, it's a bummer that it, we're going to end so quickly with only 10 episodes but at the same time I I think it's made the writing so much tighter and uh, way better this is Um, a season that I feel like I would go back and watch because I'm sure there's especially once we find out like what happens in the very end there'll be things that you can go back and you would have we would have missed or hinting at how things are really going to turn out which is kind of cool um yeah and I like you said this exchange between Lee and um 
Lee and Jether was great. Finn Wintrock and Adina Porter were awesome. And, yeah, the other part of the Polks, maybe not so much. Um, but the stuff, I mean, I thought we spent an appropriate amount of time with Shelby and Dominic, and that was kind of a, like a shocking end for both of them, too. So, right. yeah, it was really solid. Um, that's so, a, eight, 8.25, that's so not bad good. at all. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to do the tally. Mama Polk, Finn Wittrock Polk, Dominic, and Shelby are the four people we lost in this episode, correct? Is there anyone else? I don't think that so. sounds right. Yeah, I don't think there's not there's not that many more people left alive, like you were saying, yeah. to kill off. Oh, we got to bring people. <laughs> yeah, now we've got Lee, Audrey, Monet, and um, Dylan or Gil, Gillian or whoever yeah, uh, the guy West wearing Bentley. the pig mask is. Yeah, and then um, I guess uh, there's a couple other pokes that are still alive, but as far as yeah, good guys that could die. One, one thing I just thought of really briefly is I, I liked the dynamic of seeing Lee paired with Audrey and how they kind of leaned on each other and helped each other out because they're a pairing that I wouldn't have put together and yet like like um, what's her face gives her her oxycodone. <laughs> Audrey, gives yeah. her, I don't know. It just seems like and helping her up the stairs and Lee coming back to save. Audrey, it was just kind of cool to see that pairing work together. Which is also why I think it would be all the more dramatic exactly. if we ends up killing Audrey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, yeah. And I, yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes. With only two episodes left. I feel like that's how the next episode will go. You know, we'll see the lone survivor, and then the tenth episode has to be some kind of reckoning in a court scene. I think makes a lot of sense to me. It really does. Um, and it would be relevant with a lot that's going on now. And um, I think that Stephen made this point too. Like, uh, you know true crime story type stuff or you know making a murderer or you know whatever that um nancy grace network is where she's always spouting about people um before we move on i just want to comment on the fact that we found out next season is going to be a murder house coven crossover which is kind of i'm not sure how i feel about it i'm not sure i feel about it either I know there's a lot of people that are excited about it, but I feel like the seasons had such different tones. Coven was so campy, and Murder House was just dark and scary. And I like them both, but I like them both in different ways, so I'm not sure how we balance that. Right. Um, and there's a lot of, obviously, char- people who played both characters in each. Like main characters so, in each. Mm-hmm. So it'll be tough to see how exactly that'll play out, too. I mean, I guess we could go the, the route with Tate's demon son. All right. I don't want to go back. I don't know. Well, this season has just been so revitalizing for the, I think, the whole series. Franchise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I I kind of, that's maybe why I'm not as excited for them to go back to previous things. It's like, you know, are we out of ideas? Is that what's up? Well, they did, I mean, Ryan Murphy has said that this is the start of a new format. So I don't know if by new format he means, like, you know, shorter seasons that have, like, different kind of, you know, maybe many kind of vignettes like we'll call them where like the first five episodes are about something and the next four episodes about something else like it'll in which case i you know if if yeah i've got i've got faith after this season that if if i'm still gonna take the same approach (laughs) oh of course and we're still gonna be here talking about it um yeah but it's man it's been it's been great i'm excited to see what happens in episode nine i think we'll have a lot of fun things to talk about um between now and then though chris where can people check you out twitter instagram at chris husted chris with a k and uh snapchat the chris husted um I, before i ask you where you where we can find you tyler i just this is the first season in a while where i'm like really excited to see the next episode like i was bummed that the world series was last night and then 
previously the week before because I want to see these episodes as they happen. Oh, I know. You, you know you want to jump in on Twitter and yeah. <laughs> on Facebook and yeah. really drive that conversation. Uh, I hear you. Anyway, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at TJMoss11. I'm on Instagram, too. Um, and uh, but, uh, until then, check us out on Facebook. Send us emails and please uh, iTunes as well. But, um, yeah, keep the conversation going. Throw those theories out. We want to hear what you all, you guys all think episode 10 is going to be if you agree with Steven's theory that we've kind of built upon or if you think it's your own thing. Um, You're all a lot we'd smarter love to, than we, we are. We'd love to hear it, yeah. It's, <laughs> we like to discuss that stuff. So, anyway, until next time, uh, happy outings, folks.